Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to Honest Money. Uh, this is one of those uh, episodes where I'm always a little bit nervous because I'm talking to one of uh, one of South Africa's personal finance gurus and I, I mustn't make mistakes and make a, an idiot of myself here. So I'm really privileged to be joined by Maya Fisher French. Uh, so, so for those few people in South Africa who don't know Maya, um, she's famous as Maya on Money. Um, she's been on TV. She's been on radio. She's written books. Uh, and her book is, um, is called Money Questions Answered. And she really is one of uh, one of South Africa's personal finance gurus. So I'm really chuffed to have you on the show, Maya. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, it's great, Warren. You and I have done a podcast together before on my channel. So it's, it's great to reciprocate and be chatting to you on Honest Money. So, so um, I mean, we're we're in a in a world now where where uh, we're worrying about inflation. You know, the cost of living is going up, and and one of the things that uh, that is affected by inflation, or or maybe that also affects inflation, is is the cost of our money. It's the interest that we're we're charged uh, when we have debt, or it's the the interest that we earn uh, when we actually are lucky enough to have money on deposit. And, and I thought it's it's a really nice idea to to kind of uh, talk about this and explain it a bit more because. Because there's some really big questions that need to be answered, but there are lots of really practical day-to-day issues as well around around money. And you know, you, you're at the front line of this and get, getting lots of questions from people about uh, what goes on. So, so I thought maybe just to start, uh, you know, when we talk about interest rates, uh, what are we actually talking about when they say, "Well, the interest rates gone up"? What, what does it mean for me as, as as someone who has debt? Absolutely. So, you know, it's probably important to understand that why we have interest rates. So obviously interest rates is, well, I want to borrow money from you and I want to be paid for the rent of that money, right? That's kind of the thing. You know, I could have the money in my bank account, but if I'm going to lend it to you, I'm going to want to be paid for, you know, for the use of that money. So that's kind of the basic principle of an of, of interest rate. But in the middle of this, you have the bank. Um, and the bank is, is, is not only just the F&Bs and ABSAs of this world, but it's also the, the government, the central bank, uh, the reserve bank. And they use interest rates to control inflation in South Africa. So this is why when the inflation rate goes up, one of the ways, of course, to control inflation, the prices of things going up is to say, well, let's make borrowing money more expensive so that people can't just go and spend on their credit cards um, and keep pushing up prices. So it, it dampens demand. This is, it's a very blunt instrument. We can have debates for hours on end whether this is that or how effective it is <laughs> in controlling interest rates. But when we see inflation numbers go up, Warren, we know that the Reserve Bank is going to increase what we call the repo rate. And this is the rate at which the central bank lends money to the retail banks. And this is the way that they kind of control, you know, interest rates overall. So it's a very sort of simplistic explanation, but the banks as the, uh, the reserve bank is the, the lender of last resort. So the banks, um, basically they, there's a link between the, the price that the retail bank will, 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 um, lend you, uh, lend money to you versus what the reserve bank will lend to the banks. Um, and so repo rate is the rate set by the reserve bank. And then we have this thing called the prime interest rate and always, you know, People often, it's quite interesting the word prime. So what does prime interest rate actually mean? And if you think about it, if you buy a prime piece of beef, it's like the best quality beef, okay? <laughs> and that's actually what the prime rate is. The prime rate is the rate that, it's almost not a risk-free rate, but it's a rate that 
a bank would give their best customers. So it kind of, they say that's the rate that if you're a really good customer, that's the prime, will give you a prime rate. So that's kind of the philosophy behind it. Um, and But over over the years, and I think it was actually under Imbaweni uh, when he was um, Reserve Bank Governor, not, not Finance Minister, but Reserve Bank Governor, that he actually set a link, direct link between the repo rate and prime rate, I think of 350 points. So we know that whenever they remove the repo rate, we know that the prime rate that that the banks will set will be 350 basis above that. And Warren, the biggest thing I always get when people hear this is they say, oh, the banks are in collusion. No, this is actually a fixed way, a mechanism of working interest rates in South Africa. So the prime rate will always be 350 points above repo rate. But that is not necessarily the rate at which they will lend to you because you could be a even better than prime customer or you could be a worse than prime customer. So for me, it's very important just to understand that prime is simply a benchmark. It's simply a way for the Reserve Bank through the repo rate to kind of control interest rates in South Africa. So I hope that that kind of sets the scene. It's a little bit complicated trying to simplify it, but that's pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, I think you, um, I think you explained it beautifully because uh, you know when we look at this, we always we always so skeptical and cynical of the banks and and how things work that uh, we're, we're looking for the angle. What are they doing to us? And and so if it is regulated like that, as you say, it's not um, it's not a forced lending rate to us. It's it's the indicator, and and always interesting for me to look at um, how many people are charged prime plus and and especially on things like cars you know the, the moment you want to borrow money to buy a car banks say sure no problem you know it's prime plus five or prime plus six and we'll give it to you for the next 20 years and you know you, you're going to be absolutely way poorer than you were when you started so so it is really important to understand that link uh, and, and then to know that if you are a good customer for a bank and they say to you, we're prepared to lend you money at prime minus one, the chances are you probably don't need to borrow the money because you're such a low risk to the bank that uh, you've got all these assets already. So, you know, banks, when you say a good customer, I mean, I think for, for, for uh, you know, a client, it's usually people that desperately need to borrow money. Th- those are the ones that the banks would think are maybe more risky. And so they're going to charge you a higher interest rate. And it's not personal. It's just them saying that maybe, um, you know, they need to be rewarded for, for taking more risk by, by lending to someone who they believe is more risky. So, so they'll, they'll charge you a higher interest rate uh, and, and hope to compensate themselves if something goes wrong with the loan. So, so I like I like that explanation. Thank, thanks, Maya. So I was going to say, you know, just probably important just to note that there there are still caps on how much a bank can lend you. Um, that is dictated under the National Credit Act. How much? Not how much they can lend you, but the, what rate they can charge you. Um, and those, so those are capped. Uh, so for example, in your personal loan, it cannot be more than twenty one percentage points above the repo rate. Your credit card cannot be more than fourteen percentage points above repo rate. So all of them are at least from that perspective. There is some kind of control um, and uh, unless you go of course into the informal market um, then it becomes another whole ball game and, and, and informal markets and nice way of saying shark, um, loan sharks and many ma- many uh, ma- sharks so so just be careful there that you're not uh, you know if you're sitting with a bank and you've got a personal loan and they're charging 40 percent interest you need to know that that's not right you, you actually are protected from that Absolutely, absolutely. So, so we we were t- talking before be, before the show about um, some of the questions that you get from uh, f- from people saying, you know, banks just you know interest rates gone up and the banks just charged me twice this month. I'd love for you to explain that. So this is actually something that I picked up. You know, I get I think people would say, where do you get your stories from? I said, well, actually, from my readers because <laughs> they email me, and it, it it was interesting because what happens when 
when interest rates go up, it's very important to understand this. And, and I think we've been in the cycle of decreasing interest rates, so people haven't noticed. But now we're in an increasing interest rate environment. So what happens is that this, the, the day that the, 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 the Reserve Bank announces, you know, it's always on a Thursday, um, the Monetary Policy, uh, Policy Committee announces an increase in the interest rate. The banks have to immediately, of course, adjust the prime interest rate. So all your and your your contract with them will be linked to prime, probably. So you may be at one, you know, maybe your home loans at prime or one above prime, for example. On that day that it's announced, automatically all the interest rates at the banks increase. But they only increase, obviously, from that day onwards. So say if it's on the, the 20th of the month. It's only the last 10 days of the month that you will actually have that increase because um, interest rates are calculated daily when you borrow money. It's calculated daily. So it's only on those last 10 days. So maybe your, your mortgage goes up by, you notice your mortgage going up by 200 rand. Um, but the following month, of course, you've got the full month's effect of that new interest rate. So it's not just gone up by 200 rand. Maybe it's gone up by 400 rand or 500 rand. So people f- thought this was weird. They were writing to me saying, but they increased my mortgage by 200 rand and now they've increased it to 500 rand um, but interest rates only went up once and that's why it is it's because you prorated in the first month that when that interest rate was actually announced um, and then obviously the second month you've seen that full effect from day one to day 30 or day 31 coming through um, in the interest there so that I think was just an interesting anomaly I think you know just to help people understand no the bank isn't charging you to interest rate increases. It's purely the way it's been prorated in the last few days of the month of the announcement from the NPC. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's important for, for people. To, I mean, it's good that people check their bank statements because, you know, clearly banks can make mistakes. You know, no, no system is perfect. Uh, but, but also equally, you know, just understand then if that if this is if this is happening to you, um, just check that, you know, just check that, you know, if the, if the announcement is made mid-month, which I think it, it usually is, that's going to happen. It's always going to be like that. Uh, and as you, as you say, um, we, we've been a little bit spoilt in the last while with rates going down. So none of us would have complained too much. But but, but now we need to know, uh, know and focus on this. I, I thought maybe on the other side of the spectrum, you know, a, a lot of people uh, would be uh, asking questions, which you, as you've also w- were saying before the show about, you know, do I keep my interest rates um, flexible? You know, do, do I allow them to move up or down when, when the Reserve Bank is changing interest rates? Or should I fix my my interest rates on my debt, uh, and and it is it's a it's a, a real question. It's quite comforting in a way to know that your rate is fixed, but I'm not sure that that's necessarily the best financial decision. Warren, you know, we we I get this question frequently, and interestingly, I had this question a lot. And people are getting very smart because they listen to us, Warren. Um, they listen to all our shows, and they, they're learning. And when we had those big drop in interest rates, obviously due with COVID, there was a lot. There was a massive cut in interest rates. Interest rates went down, I think, to one of the lowest ever in South African history. People saying, "Oh, is this a good time to fix my interest rate at this lower interest rate?" And the reality is, is that it's a little bit of a, a fool's paradise because actually go to your bank and ask them what rate they'll fix at. And it's not the rate you're currently paying. It's usually about 200 points above what you're currently paying because they're saying, well, if we're going to fix it for the next two years, for example, we're expecting interest rates to increase. So we're going to factor that in. So it's a bit crazy because you could be paying a lower interest rate um, for another, you know, and even in an increasing interest rate environment, you're not going straight to 200 uh, percentage points, you know, overnight. It's going to be incremental at 25 points, maybe 50 points every now and then. So really what happens when you fix interest rates is you start to pay more to the bank than you need to be paying for an 
and, and basically taking a bet against the bank, saying, well, I think interest rates are going to go up higher than your calculations, which means you're pitting yourself against the bank's economists. And I, I've been looking, and I think there was only, there's only been two times in South Africa's history where interest rates increased above expectations. And, and certainly one was in 1998 when the, we had that emerging market crisis and the RAND blew up and everything blew up. And I must just tell you, Warren, I bought my house then. And interest rates just oh. after I bought my house went to 23%. 23%. Oh. People are crying now. I wrote an article about this. I said, for goodness, get over yourself. I've lived through 23%. <laughs> and um, it was also again in 2001. You'll remember that again, the RAND had that blowout. So, so, and I think rates went up by about 400 points there, which was a bit more than expected. But we're not seeing this this time. You know, I've spoken to the economists. They're all saying, you know, in fact, our Reserve Bank has been managing this process extremely well, perhaps very too well. Some would say choking off a little bit of growth, but they try and really staying ahead of inflation. We were raising interest rates well above, uh, well ahead of the rest of the world. It's very unlikely that inflation is going to get out of control to the extent that they'll have to do excessive hiking. So really, for me, Warren, people say it's peace of mind. It's an expensive peace of mind. I'll tell you how I yeah. get my peace of mind. I... um I go and I always pay in 10, I pay usually more, but I won't pay less than 10% more on my mortgage. So say my mortgage repayment payment is 10,000 Rand, I will pay 11,000 Rand, an extra 1,000 Rand a month, every month, so that I know that if interest rates do go up, I can absorb them. They're in my budget. And of course, I get the advantage of paying off my capital a little bit quicker whilst the, if, you know, during the period that interest rates are not rising. So for me, I think you can do it more effectively by simply building in a buffer on your on your monthly repayments rather than going and giving the bank extra interest um ahead of ahead of a of of, of a rate increase so i think for me that's that's kind of the way i would i would go with it and it's it's such a power lesson that because it's you know everything with money is always about if you if you want certainty and you want to know where you're going you need to take control you need to be the one that uh, that, that drives the bus and and exactly you know if you're in in an environment where you have debt I mean we 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 hate debt on honest money so first first call is pay off your debt as fast as you can uh, and and you know if you're doing it by that that extra ten percent that's that's brilliant and I think also uh, in, in an environment that we're in now where interest rates are rising and uh, you know make sure that you try and uh, pay even a bit more that, that you know because if interest rates are going to cost you you know if you were paying seven percent on debt and now you're paying nine and it might be ten uh, you know it's it's really hard for 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 you to guarantee growth on an investment of ten percent a year but but debt is a guaranteed thing you know exactly what the rate is so so pay it off as fast as you can you know maybe sort of lose a bit of focus on investments in a time like this where interest rates are rising and you've got debt you know I would rather Get get the debt out of my life and then invest. But but if you're going to do both, then then you know maybe a little bit more emphasis on debt, a little bit less emphasis on on, on saving for now, uh, and and get that debt out of your life. You, you just don't want a bank controlling what you do in your life, and and the way they control you is when when you owe them money. So so I, I always think you know take control and and get the debt out of your life. Uh, I think we're r running out of time. Um, Maya, the, these shows are uh, always so interesting. And I've, I've always got one, my favorite question, which I ask uh, all, all our guests, and it's always a surprise, is um, if you had to meet your 21-year-old self now, and uh, having learned all the life lessons that you've learned, what would be the one lesson you would want to uh, teach yourself now? Gosh, Warren, that's actually a very good question because I, I look back, yeah, so I, I think, Probably the and it would be a financial one would have been um, you don't buy that big house 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so that, but that's not so much a, a lesson because I think I, I did, I've done being relatively good with stuff, but um, I did do, well, I did two things. One is I bought a London Pie franchise with retirement, with my retirement money. When I left BGM, actually, you'll remember those days. Um, and I, I took that money and I bought a London Pie franchise, which I should never have done. Um, and I think most franchise businesses there's a lot of sharks swimming in those seas. Um, and, and I have calculated that that probably, if I'd left that money invested, it would be about 600000 today. So I'm feeling a little bit irritated about that. And I went off and I bought a big fixer upper house when my second son was born because for some unknown reason I thought I needed a bigger garden, a bigger this and a bigger that. And what that, you know, what that cost us in terms of running cost mortgages. So I think it is a little bit about, you know, don't, yeah, be reflective in your life, make some, you know, think through your decisions a little bit more carefully. But I think we all go and we all make mistakes with money. I think it's what we do once we recognize the mistake and how we correct it, that probably matters more. Absolutely. And that's a, that is a powerful lesson. You know, I mean, even, even, uh, you know, even someone who knows a heck of a lot about money is not immune and protected from, from those, those big decisions. And I think it's important, uh, to, to learn from them. And, and you're right. I mean, I, I think my best life lessons, especially around money, have been all the mistakes I've made. It's not the, now, I can't learn this stuff in a textbook. I have to learn it by hitting my head against the wall and then go, oh, that hurts. So, <laughs> so I hear you. Um, Maya, thanks so much for, for joining us on the show. It was re- I, w- I was going to use the dad joke and say it was really interesting, but it was really fascinating. And I, and I appreciate you, you, your time and, and joining and, and sharing your information with us. Great. Thanks, Warren. Always good to chat. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.